Hello and welcome back to Walk the Cinema Podcast. Today is a very special episode where we're going to be talking about Inglorious Bastards. But first, a word from our sponsor. Yeah, Inglorious Bastards, this is our first Tarantino. It is. It's kind of surprising. Yeah, we enjoy Tarantino. We know he has a reputation, but today it's all about Inglorious Bastards and a little bit of Tarantino. Yeah. And maybe Eli Roth. But 100% Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, Inglorious Bastards. Bastards spelled with an E after the T, which no one really knows why he's done that. So let's stipulate. I mean, I really don't have an answer for this. Well, I saw in the Blu-ray extras that the director of the original The Inglorious Bastards was asked by Tarantino if he could use the title. And then he took out the duh, and he changed the spelling of bastards. I think it's his way to stand out and have his own title. Maybe. Because it's not a remake. No. It's the story of a group of American Jews. Mostly, some of them aren't American, but they join up with the group of American Jews that their mission is to kill Nazis. And that's it. Yeah, and you know, honestly... Even though this movie is entitled Inglorious Bastards and that's who the group is called, like that's what the group yeah, is that's called, their name. I still don't know if I consider them to be the forefront of the story. For yeah. me, it's always been Shoshana. Yeah. I mean, it's it's half and half. Yeah. They're, they both come up with the plan for the ending of the film separately, but yeah. they kind of collide at the same moment. Yeah. They never meet, really, but. Yeah, their stories are simultaneous. Yeah. It's violent film. Yes. Which is a criticism that Tarantino has gotten through his career, especially peak that Kill Bill, I would say. Mm-hmm. And then with this, it was also a claim that was extremely violent and just... Too much. Too much, but as he says, it's just fun. Violence is fun. <laughs> so... It is fun. But I wouldn't even say that the violence is like the forefront of this movie for me. Like, Mm. it's there, but I feel like that this one has such depth that for me it doesn't really affect it. Okay, so let's talk about the depth. We have an opening scene that's... We could probably have a whole episode on just the opening scene. It's one of the best opening scenes in cinema, period. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's been said by a lot of people, so it's not like we're coming up with that concept, but it's such a tense scene. It's so well acted. It's done in three different languages. Mm-hmm. And it shows off the skill that Christoph Waltz really has and can have. Yeah. But apparently you know, he only knows how to act when he's directed by Tarantino because all of his other movies are trash. Bold statement. But yeah, this first scene was... When I first saw it, I was just kind of already blown away. Yeah. Like, the first time you ever see this scene is kind of like just an experience in and of itself. This, for the ones that don't know, for the ones that need a reminder, it's the main villain. Hans Landa. I guess the main villain's Hitler, but... Yeah, but Hans Landa is Hans like... Hans Landa is the main on-screen villain, and he's yeah. going through 
houses in rural France looking for hidden Jews. And he goes to this family house. And he's talking to the man of the house. And they have a long conversation. Mm-hmm. Which has a lot of good lines, a lot of good acting, a lot of tension. Yeah. And then it it pans down and we see the Jewish family underneath hiding underneath the floorboards, the floorboards. Which in most scenes, for most directors or for most films, it would be that would be the the moment, the revelation. But the revelation only emphasizes the the, the, the tension of the movie because we're no longer wondering if they're down there or not. We're wondering if they're going to be found out. Yeah. So that's a whole level of tension that it brings that's very innovative. Yeah. And so, you know, it's it goes back and forth. Well, it does go back and forth between French and English. And we find out the reason why he wanted to switch t- to speaking in English was because the Jewish family doesn't speak English. Yeah, there's there's some more uses of, use of the English throughout. Yeah. So... They basically have a discussion about, you know, the reason he's hunting Jewish people, why he's good at it. And why he loves his name of the Jew hunter, which later on again comes back. Yeah. He explains why he's better than Jews, you know, typical Nazi superiority. And he gives like an example of like... Comparing Jews to to rats, essentially. Yeah, which it doesn't say is an insult, but then says it as an insult. Yeah. So, basically, he gets poor Pierre, the father of the three girls, and he's he's the farmer. Yeah. That's hiding the, the Jewish family um, to admit that he is housing the family underneath Hans, the floorboards. Hans Lana is... One of the most cerebral and intelligent characters in any film. Yeah. He's so intelligent throughout everything. And it's so well portrayed by Christoph Waltz in this. Mm -hmm. That's why I got that Oscar. I mean, he's so creepy. Every time he's on screen, you're kind of scared for what can happen. Because he's like psychotic in a way that's like smart psychotic. Yeah, he's... Terrible person, but he's super smart in the way he goes around it. So he he ends up ordering the German soldiers to shoot at the floorboards, killing almost the entire family except for 18, 19-year-old Shoshana, mm-hmm. who runs into the field as fast as she can. And I always think that that imagery of her running, she's dirty, she has the blood of her family all over her. It's very powerful. Like, it's so powerful. She's sobbing as she's running, but she's, like, she's mourning the loss of her family that just happened and also trying to run for her life. This scene is amazing. Yeah. It's great. Tarantino knows that, and I feel like Eightful Eight was basically this scene extended. Mm-hmm. It's not about Nazis or Jews or floorboards, but it, it feels like... He liked it so much yeah. he wanted to expand upon Everyone it. Everyone loved this scene. Yeah. Even the people that kind of don't like the movie, this scene is great. Yeah. And uh, then we then we go over and we meet the 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 bastards, and it's headed by Aldo Rain, who is Brad Pitt. Which I think Brad Pitt does an amazing job in this role. Yeah, there's a lot of people doing amazing jobs in this, and Brad Pitt right up there with Christoph Waltz. Yeah. 
And, you know, we have some of the the uh, kind of iconic other bastards, such as um, the Bear Jew. Played by Tarantino's best friend, I guess. No, yeah. that might be Ricardo Rodriguez, but you know, Eli Roth. Eli Roth, Donnie, Donnie Donowitz. Um, we have Hugo Stiglitz, uh-huh. who's a German soldier that was like, you know what, I'm just going to start killing the Gestapo. The Gestapo, yeah. And you have Wiki, who's the translator. He speaks mm-hmm. German and stuff. And, you know, uh, we we go through a scene of where Hitler is kind of interrogating one of the soldiers that has come across the bastards and lived. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see that their kind of shtick is to scalp them. And the ones that they leave alive get a... Uh, a swastika brand on yeah, their forehead. The, the thinking behind that is when the war is over, they're going to take their uniforms off. And that way, no one's going to know the atrocities they were part of. So they brand them with something they can't take off. Yeah. So it's forever there, invisible, because it's in the forehead. Yeah. And so, you know, we have that kind of introduction. And then we go back to... It's now four years after the murder of Shoshana's family, and she's living in Paris under a different name, Emmanuel. And she owns and operates a cinema. Yeah. And she comes across this German soldier. He's like a German war hero. Yeah. Frederick Zoller. Yeah, he has. He's also a great actor, by the way. Yeah, he, he has like a very, like... I always thought he wasn't a terrible character. Clueless, but not terrible. Kind of like how I feel about... I think I've mentioned this before in our Jojo Rabbit um, episode. Yeah. Where uh, All Quiet on the Western Front, where it's, you know, boys who don't really have... Yeah, most foot soldiers are just following orders. Yeah, kind of like that. But then, you know, he kind of turns out to be... Yeah. A douchebag. Because you know? I think he gets to his head that he's the most popular soldier at the soldier time. Soldier, and he hangs out with the top heads of German government. Yeah. But he takes a liking to Shoshana and basically gets the premiere of his movie, um, Nation's, Nation's Pride, Pride, to be shown there. Where yeah, it's all a movie the... about him, starring him, about yeah. how he killed 300 something American soldiers on his own. Yeah. Which the the Nazis love. Yeah. And I think Tarantino plays on that. When the Nazis are laughing at the slaughter mm-hmm. of the Americans. And we're, we feel like, oh, they're the bad guys and they're laughing at our side getting killed. But then when it's their turn to get killed, we're also laughing. Yeah, I guess so. So it's it's like double standards where we think they're bad people for laughing at Americans getting killed, but then we laugh when they get killed because they're bad guys. Yeah. But at the end of the day, everyone's human. They're the human race and they're getting killed. I think there's a little bit of a, just a position in those. Yeah. A little bit more depth than, you know, would appear. Yeah. But then we have another great scene kind of that comes from this. Um, when Zoller invites Roshana to talk to Goebbels mm. and Goebbels know, being the propaganda the propaganda 
specialist. He's the the right hand of Hitler. He's the one that does the propaganda yeah. to evolve the movement. Yeah, to to he to discuss whether they should hold the premiere at Shoshana's cinema. Mm-hmm. She has this conversation with them. It goes okay, but then all of a sudden Hans Landa shows up. Yes, and she immediately freezes. She knows him. She knows he's the man that killed her family. And but, she, she's scared that she's going to be found out. Yeah, that's what's behind this. We don't know if he knows her. Because yeah. he's seen her before. And he's very smart. And he picks up clues. But to this day, we don't know if he knows who she is. That's yeah. a debate that a lot of people have about this movie. But yeah. what do you think? There's obviously signs that I think that he does know or such as like ordering her a glass of milk. Yeah, that's the most obvious one where she, because he, he drinks milk right before killing her, killing her family. Yeah. And then he gives her a glass of milk as soon as they meet again. Yeah. So that could be a sign that he recognizes her. Yeah, I feel like I I genuinely don't know. I feel like how could he know? Because he never saw her face. He only saw her running away. Hmm. You know, he he has, like, her body type and her hair color, but, like, I don't know. It's not a lot to go off of. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it is left up t- to interpretation. So, to you guys listening, let us know what you what, think. What are your w- theories? Yeah, and, and why or why not. Yeah. Because I, I also think that, like, maybe he might have a suspicion. Mm-hmm. But... He is very good at picking up those signs. That's kind of his character trait. But I don't think that he has enough to, like, definitively say that that is Shoshana. But, but still, without us knowing, it still manages to be super tense. Yeah. And hard for Shoshana. And we see that as soon as he leaves, she takes a deep breath like she's out of air. Yeah. Um. But, yeah. So, you know, they allow her to, to do the... um. The premiere there. Yeah, and I and think her seeing Landa again is I think is part of why she's now excited to do the premiere and try to plan out something that would avenge her yeah. and avenge all Jews. Yeah. Because she and her her lover, Marcel, um, are going to devise a plan that's going to burn down the cinema and with all the Nazis inside of yeah. it. Yeah. And then... The bastards have their own plan, yeah. which they discuss with a German actress that they meet. Yeah. That's another tense scene that... Yeah. Because we have... It starts off... That kind of, like, sequence starts off with um, Archie Hick- Hickox, I think is his name, uh, played by Michael Fassbender. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. When we meet that character, we also have the cameo yeah. from Mike Myers, yeah. which that man loves his cameos. Yes. So, uh... We get we get Michael Fassbender's Archie, who is a British spy that can speak German fairly well, but not um, good enough to f- fool the Germans. <laughs> well, enough to fool most Germans, but we just had a crazy <laughs> German dialect guy. Uh, but so he's supposed to meet up with the bastards to talk to Bridget Van Hammersmark, who is an actress, mm-hmm. um, to talk about a plan to get them to basically end the war. And so they end up meeting in this tavern in France that's not supposed to have any German soldiers, but ends up having German soldiers. Yeah, because one of the soldiers had a baby. They got 
you know, the, the night off to celebrate and that became really messy. Yeah. And um, some of the things that I found interesting about this one were um, the two bastards that go down with Archie are Wiki, the tran- the German translator. Yeah. And it's um, Stiglitz. Yeah, it's all the ones that speak German. Yeah. So it kind of ruins the plan. They have to improvise after. But this scene... I guess it's the second most tense. There's there's those three really tense scenes. We already gone through two of them. Right. But I just wanted to say before we got into that that like I think it's interesting that he Archie goes up to Stiglitz and is like, you know, if things go wrong, are you gonna be able to remain calm? Type mm-hmm. thing. Like thinking that the one of the bastards is gonna be the problem yeah. in this operation. And it kind of ends up not being their yeah, fault. Yeah, he's the problem, 100%. Yeah. They just did nothing at all and got slaughtered. Yeah. So, yeah, this is another intense scene because, like, you don't want them to mess up. Yeah. And there's a lot of times where they, they might mess up and stuff because Archie gets kind of impatient with one of the soldiers that's kind of enamored with Bridget, like, starstruck. And he speaks very loudly that he needs to like leave them alone and a higher ranking German officer that we see earlier for a couple seconds in the the table where Gobble is and with Shoshana mm-hmm. he ends up hearing the, the the British officer speak and is like I don't recognize that German accent yeah your German sounds weird yeah. which gives him the suspicion that it might not be German which is then confirmed when he orders three glasses. Yeah, he uses he uses the middle fingers, the middle of three fingers instead of the thumb. Yeah. And the index and po- the pointer and the, the middle finger. Yeah, which is not, you know, that's not the German way to do it. It's not yeah. to use the three fingers in the middle. So that's what kills the suspicion and is like, okay, you're not German. Yeah. You blew your cover. Which, again, it shows how smart these higher ranking German officers were. Yeah. Because a normal person wouldn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe the accent's weird. Maybe they put the fingers up weird, but you wouldn't, you could notice it, but you wouldn't be a hundred percent sure it's a saboteur. Yeah. So, you know, that basically leads to the massacre of pretty much everybody in that room, except for Bridget. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, I've always really been upset that, Stiglitz dies in in this scene because I just think he's like such a cool yeah character. He's cool. Like he's just a German, he's just a German guy that uh, thought that what the Nazis were doing was wrong. He started killing them, and he's kind of like the silent badass. Yeah. So it's kind of like for some reason his character just kind of it feels bad that yeah, he dies cool. in this way. He's like the stone faced guy that yeah kills easily and yeah yeah, i do agree yeah i like the character a lot but so bridget they think bridget kind of sabotaged them purposefully but she convinces the the bastards otherwise and they could reformulate the plan yeah because because hitler is going to be there yeah and they and they don't have anyone that speaks german so they have to do their best at italian yeah but Anzalanda goes to the scene of the massacre in the basement and he finds 
a shoe from a lady and then he finds an autograph from Bridget, which is the one she gave to the new father. Yeah. And he knows she was there. He deduces she's a double agent. Yeah. At the premiere because she says that the Germans don't have, don't a, have ear. a good ear for Italian. And then as soon as she says he's Italian, Christoph Waltz bursts into fluent Italian, which is not really fluent. But Christoph was a godsend for this movie. Tarantino was really struggling with that character. Mm-hmm. From what I know, he might have not even done the movie. Mm-hmm. And Christoph Waltz is the only actor he could find that was fluent in French, German, English, and could pull off Italian. Yeah. Which, that's hard in itself, but then you also gotta be a good actor. Yeah. So, so that, that's a godsend. Yeah. And he deserved everything he got for this. Yeah. And his Italian is not the best. But, but it's, you it's can't good be good enough. at everything, you know? His Italian is good. It's better than Brad Pitt's Born Giorno. Yeah. Which so is, good. That's so hilarious. That's so funny. Him speaking Italian without having a clue how to speak Italian. It's really funny. Yeah. But obviously the plan doesn't go... Like, Hans Landa ends up killing Bridget. Yeah, which is switches to a close-up and actually has Tarantino's hands on on frame. Yeah. Because he's the one choking the actress because he yeah. doesn't think... Diane Chris, Kruger. He doesn't think Christoph Waltz was choking her hard enough. And yeah. she looks like she's gasping for her life. Yeah. He really choked her. But so, um, you know, Christoph Waltz, Hans Landa, decides that he wants to make a deal with the Allies to end the war. And basically, like, it's all these different, you know, stuff. So the plan goes, still goes on. Shoshana ends up having an interaction with Zoller, mm-hmm. but is still able to blow up the theater, theater yeah. with the help of Marcel. While two of the bastards are standing mm-hmm. in the balcony, shooting everyone down. Yeah. And then we see Eli Roth's character, the bear Jew, just shooting a dead Hitler and dismantling his face. Yeah. Which is part of the senseless violence that I said earlier that we're watching the premiere and we see Hitler laughing hysterically as the Americans get killed. And we don't think it's very funny. But when it's Hitler getting killed, we think it's hilarious. Right. So it kind of opposes itself. Yeah. And then, you know, at the end, when... Hans Landa is, you know, surrendering to the bastards. They're like, you know, it doesn't sit right with me that you're going to be able to take that uniform off. So they do give him the the branding, the branding, forehead. You know, the and the last shot of the film we see is the only two living good guys because everyone else dies. Shoshana Maurice die, all the bastards die. So we see Aldo the Apache. And standing next to him, B.J. Novak, the little man, <laughs> which you yeah. always thought was hilarious that it ended on B.J. Novak. Yeah, it does, because I'm always, it. Th- if anything takes me out of this movie, it's having B.J. Novak in this movie, <laughs> you know? Like, it's the only thing that I'm like, wow, you're not supposed to be here. But, um, yeah, they, they do that. And there's like a couple things that I still want to talk about it, even though this episode's already kind of long. But uh, they, they have time. The, uh... <laughs> The fact that at the end, when Hans Landa is kind of asking for 
um, like a deal. Yeah, the favors from the American government. He's like, yeah, they call me the Jew hunter, but it's just a job. I have no control over yeah, the, what they it, give me. At the beginning, he was very accepting of the nickname, and yeah. now he's not. Yeah, he was like proud of it at the beginning, and now he's like, he switched it up. He's pretending he's not proud of it anymore. Yeah. And so he's he essentially wants to like rewrite history, mm-hmm. which um, is what Tarantino did in this yeah. movie. Which is it, this is part of his rewriting history movies. Yeah. And we also have the English yes part that was done by Shoshana. Yeah, my okay. So I always was confused as to why Shoshana said the words in English as she was, you know, like burning look on the down. yeah as she was burning down the 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 uh the theater so i was like thinking after this one that the way that i see it is it might be like the last thing her and her family heard before they were murdered was english they had no idea what was going on they were probably scared confused worried all that kind of stuff so i think it was probably like a play on that like she wasn't the last thing that these germans Germans heard was going to be english english before yeah, they it's died. A, it's a full circle revenge on her part. Yeah. But she doesn't kill Londa. No. That's unfortunate. Yeah. He's an amazing villain. He definitely If you, if is. you go past, you know, past two, three decades, it's harder to point out a much better villain than that. Yeah. If you go further back, maybe, but in, in the last couple decades, there's, it's hard to point out a better movie villain. Yeah. And he does stuff so effortlessly too. You know? He does it in a fun type of way, but it's creepy how much fun he's having. Yeah. He's a he's a good actor when he's under the right director, which to him is Tarantino. Because <laughs> he also does a good job in Django, but not I wouldn't say it's to this level. Yeah. I haven't seen Django yet. We'll get to it. You've seen Django, I've just seen... not Django Unchained. Yes. But yeah, um, this... Is one of my favorite movies of all time. I agree. It's a ten out of ten for me all the way. It ten might out of ten. It might be my favorite movie. It's not a... my favorite movie, but it's top ten. Probably. I I just love Shoshana as a character so much. I think she's such a a cool, tragic kind of character. It breaks my heart every time when mm. I see her die because she does shocked by. Nazi scum. Yeah, she gets shot by Zoller, which, uh, it hurts for me. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I, I love the little aspects of her story of, of her loving Marcel, mm-hmm. the projectionist. And... It's a super detailed script. Yeah. It's probably the best Tarantino script. It's not his best movie, and it, in my opinion, you're giving me a look. <laughs> it's not his best movie, in my opinion. It's not his best directorial effort. But the script itself, I, I would put it as the highest on my list, personally. Yeah. I think there's just a lot of, of cool, interesting concepts that this included. Yeah, and he rewrites history and kills Hitler sooner. Yeah. Which, wouldn't that be lovely? Mm. <laughs> we can all agree on one thing. <laughs> maybe but yeah um 
If you like this episode, don't forget to like, subscribe, share, leave us a comment. I could literally talk about this movie forever. Yeah, if you have any questions, you can ask and she'll reply to you. <laughs> Probably. But yeah, um, hope you guys like this episode and we'll see you next time.